Welcome to my podcast on How Not to Retire, a psychological approach to retiring healthy and wealthy. Episode 4, The Five Transition Steps of Retirement. Greetings, y'all. I'm your host, Dr. Richard Himmer. In our last episode, I addressed the role of money in our relationships, specifically marriage. To review, an important aspect of an effective retirement is your relationship with wealth. Remember, wealth is defined as having enough. Enough love, enough friends, enough time and energy. A subset of wealth is money, not the other way around. Remember, money can buy wealth if used properly. Money can also buy happiness, unless you live in the victim trap and manifest a disposition for constantly getting offended or feeling depressed, being angry, or a host of other behavioral addictions that compromise your happiness. Accumulating money is part of the process of experiencing wealth. One's relationship with money can also be the catalyst for broken relationships, and it usually stems from a lack of emotional maturity unprocessed trauma and usually going back to early in life if not in utero and falling short of being your best self ultimately the primary cause for failing to experience retirement fully as a bonus half of life are these different subsets it should be noted that having millions of dollars in your retirement fund is not required to experience wealth or happiness in fact it sometimes has a reverse impact on one's experience during retirement if the relationship with wealth doesn't sufficiently mature and money becomes the slave master. In other words, when money dictates behavior, it's the slave master. So embarking on the retirement journey involves navigating through five distinct stages, each with unique challenges and opportunities. The five stages are pre-retirement, full retirement, disenchantment of retirement, reorientation, and reconciliation and stability. In other words, steps four and step five are the identical as step one and two, except that they're retakes. The primary purpose of the podcast, the workbook, and ultimately the book is to share with you how you don't need to go through steps three, four, and five. So let's go through those. Pre-retirement. Before the actual retirement kicks in, one finds themselves usually in this pre-retirement stage envisioning and planning for this upcoming chapter of life. This phase takes center stage in the overall success of your retirement. It's actually a choice you make between wealth and frustration, healthy relationships, and isolation, productive activities, and boredom, and ultimately, overcoming the fear of retirement because you can't imagine being anything other than what you are at work. As the saying goes, if you fail to plan, you plan to fail. This planning stage can take years to process. That's an individual choice and how you decide to approach it. If you're years from retirement, Procrastinating on this step doesn't make things better. It is a huge advantage to start the creative juices flowing and plan your retirement with a purpose. So in the next two episodes, I'm going to share with you the seven transition steps of retirement so you can plan ahead and imagine your life in the lap of wealth, being mindful 
remember, of how we define wealth on this show. All right, stage two, full retirement. This is the pinnacle of retirement, where the soothing yet exhilarating feeling of experiencing true wealth unfolds. In this context, wealth transcends mere finances. It encompasses having enough time, relationships, hobby, love, money. In this stage, you have a clear understanding of your identity. You know who you are. You know what lane to travel in. You know where you are going and you know what you are becoming. And you are excited about the new tools you are adding to your second half of life toolkit, which I'll come back to in just a moment. In this stage, your relationships are uplifting. Now stop for a moment and imagine what it would be like to feel safe, secure, loved by your spouse, significant others, family member, and friends. So what would it look like? And then, once you can envision what that looks like, ask, what would that feel like? And if you can get what it looks like and what it feels like, then just ponder, is that the type of retirement that you want to have? So returning to the imagination experiment that we just did, you can retake the process of living in retirement by doing it properly. Despite this being a dream state statistically, many never reach this stage, or if they do, it's temporary, due to the rarity of effective pre-retirement planning. So if you've already retired and you're asking, well, I'm already there and I'm really already in the next stage, which is called disenchantment, what do I do now? I'm going to go into that as we mature in these episodes, but you are invited to go back to stage one. It is never too late to go back to stage one, and frankly, it's never too early. I've been unsuccessfully imagining retirement for decades. I started imagining retirement in college. My challenge is that I've always tried to imagine retirement from the dysfunctional position of the masses where retirement is relaxing on the beach, sipping pina coladas. You know, I could never wrap my mind or energy around such a boring proposition. Now I know to some that sounds idealistic, but there's no purpose in relaxing on the beach and the sipping the pina coladas. So my identity was a cognitive distortion of reality. And in fairness, in the conversations I've had with many, and I've been teaching these concepts for a long time, I have found that that constant state of doing nothing is mind-numbing. It ends up becoming most uncomfortable. In the next episode, I'll cover the importance of having an identity and purpose in the retirement years and why pre-planning now is so vital to successfully transitioning into a different lifestyle. All right, we're on stage three, disenchantment. Unfortunately, feelings of unmet expectations, disillusionment, and disappointment usually plague this stage. Disenchantment stems from the inadequate planning and emotional intelligence during retirement. This is where we get into that mindset of saying, I already know this, I'm smart enough, or I'm good enough. The lack of planning affects various aspects of life, leading to mental health challenges and social isolation the longer one goes into the retirement years. Disenchantment also stems from a lack of identity and purpose. If all you know is being a pharmacist, engineer, 
nurse, doctor, lawyer, electrician, journeyman, carpenter, executive, whatever it is, whatever it is you did, plumber, etc. And you don't plan for retirement. You enter the bonus half of life still with your first half of life skills. So naturally, feelings of inadequacy, emptiness, loneliness, and directionless are common and often lead to these mental health challenges as the years go by and no retake is conducted. As Dr. Gary Brecka aptly put it, aging is the aggressive avoidance of discomfort. When you have feelings of inadequacy, emptiness, loneliness, etc., you're amazingly uncomfortable, and you will start engaging back into these first half of life survival skills, which are very much like behavior addictions, anger, short-sightedness, quick temper, constantly playing the role of a victim or a persecutor, or maybe you're the rescuer, where you don't make friends, you take hostages. So as mentioned in a recent conversation with my physician, we delved into the tangible impact of retirement on the physical and mental health. Consensus was quite clear during this little appointment I had. With proper retirement preparation, the disenchantment that follows retirement is wholly unnecessary. And if it happens, it's a lack of planning. So we go to step four, reorientation or Let's go back to the pre-planning stage. So resetting expectations and reviewing goals are crucial in this phase. So if you're already here, it's imperative to recognize that attempting to enhance happiness and wealth using the same approach as you did before accelerates the aging process. The key, don't try harder. Try different or differently. Everything mentioned in stage one is now applicable. As mentioned in the upcoming episodes, we're going to delve into action steps that you can take to reorient yourself toward a wealthy second half of life. All right, we're at the final stage, stage five, reconciliation and stability. This final stage involves restoring a sense of purpose and stability into your daily life, a sort of retake on the second stage because you need to go back a step and execute the necessary planning stage. So whether you're gearing up for retirement or you've already navigating its waters, understanding and applying the insights from the initial pre-retirement phase can make all the difference. James Clear said, if you want a recipe for unhappiness, spend your time accumulating a lot of money and let your health and relationships deteriorate. As in the first multiple episodes, you're kind of getting the feel now of how important social skills are, making friends, having loved ones, having enough. In other words, living in this world of wealth. Retirement is not a withdrawal from life. It's the grand opening of the best of me exhibit. Think of it like those life milestones from earlier years, but with a lot less awkward first dates and more contemplative moments. You know, graduating from high school or college, it was a big deal then. But it's much like graduating from a career. Retirement requires the same amount of effort, energy, and planning to be successful in your second half of life as earning a degree. Graduating from a career is the effect of retirement. Reflect on the countless instances you've uttered, man, if I only knew then what I know now. 
the present provides the chance to seize the reins and meticulously plan your bonus half of life. So draw wisdom from the paths tread by those who came before you, the research that's been conducted, and the journeys you've already undertaken yourself. It's an opportunity to shape a future enriched by the collective lessons of your past. Retirement is not a withdrawal from life or from living. It's an ideal time to enhance and rev up your living. Life's greatest hits are the monumental stages we all go through, each with its own special blend of drama and, yes, comedy. It's like a series of sitcoms, but you know what? Retirement's real life. This is why it's so critical doing this. So I want to take a minute and let's take a stroll down memory lane on the different transitions that each of us have gone through in our first half of life, if we're going to call retirement the second half of life. So starting kindergarten, this is where perhaps we're first introduced to separation anxiety. But who wouldn't panic when you realize that your mom's not your personal 24-7 snack dispenser anymore? And then we move to maybe starting junior high or middle school. We now have different rules for learning. We can forget the normal addition and subtraction that we once had. And now we've got algebra. And letters have joined the numbers. And we wonder why. How did we get letters and Greek into the process of math? High school. Starting over at the bottom of the social ladder. Who knew there was a teenage social hierarchy and that one's popularity is inversely proportional to your ability to avoid embarrassing moments? And then how many of us went through this construct of moving, uprooting from friends, school, sports, church, and starting over again? This is where stability is compromised, friendships are torn apart. Many a youth have gone through severe trauma, losing their core friends and container when they move at a very inopportune time. Going to university, another set of rules that are different. College is where you quickly realize that attendance optional really means good luck passing without attending. We also have increased responsibilities at the university. We're more responsible for ourselves. We have to have awareness that we might not know how to do basic things in life like laundry or cook or, or fix the car. Things are different now during that. And notice how these first half of lives, if we learn from these things that we've done, what we call mistakes and experiences, we develop a toolkit that allows us instead of to just survive, but to thrive. And then the sixth one I have written here is career positions. So everything mom and dad told us has a different filter when we start into the careers. We find out that, you know what, maybe what they had to say wasn't so outdated. And we start framing what they say a little bit different. So how many of life's lessons, think about this one, did you learn from people who manifested behavior of what not to do? Think of middle managers, coworkers, even the C-suite people. How many life's lessons did they provide of either greatness or disaster? And then who would not be whole if they didn't lose a job at some point in time? It's kind of like a must experience in order to grow. It's a crash course in resilience and perhaps even humility that you really didn't want, but after it was all was said and done, how many of us have actually said, you know, that might have been the best thing yet? And then starting a new job. The anxiety and stress associated with it, 
close, this inseparable duo that welcomes us to this working world. The starting the job, the losing the job, the having a career position, all transitions. Marriage. Your entire first half of life is marked by your ability to navigate a contractual relationship. Marriage, where compromise and emotional intelligence is the name of the game, teaches us a critical aspect. I'm always right is normally not a winning strategy. And then another transition would be the birth of your first child. Parenthood can change life's filters very rapidly. Sleep becomes a rare commodity, and you function on three hours of sleep and baby food. And then this the fun part, this is kind of a reward part, the birth of your first grandchild. This grandparenthood is a golden age of spoiling with zero discipline. And all the rules you enforce as a parent no longer apply, and you become the kid's favorite person. Parenthood can pay dividends, and the kid's payback for all these sleepless nights is giving us their, their children as grandchildren. And then the last one that I thought was applicable here would be the death of a loved one. The mourning process, it's grieving, it's going through the life's challenges, realizing that I can't visit with them anymore. And perhaps some of the lessons learned is the regrets of not saying I love you or the regrets of saying I hate you or something to that effect. These are critical life's lessons. Remember the quote from Richard Rohr, I mentioned it earlier, there are two halves in life, first half and second half. You cannot live the second half of life using the tools of the first half. You need a new toolkit. So his comment that we need a new toolkit for the second half of life hits home in how not to retire. You know, you're not just retiring, you're upgrading to this new deluxe toolkit in life, complete with emotional intelligence, communication skills, and a compass that points to the fountain of perpetual happiness. Let's face it, first half of life was tough, and it was like building IKEA furniture without instructions. Retirement is referred to as the golden era, or what I call the bonus round of life. I argue, and I believe it's true, this is where real life can begin, but unless we find that secret level in that game of existence, our second half of life, this bonus half of life, is just a repeat of the first half of life if we don't change those tools. This transition is not just a wardrobe change. It's a metamorphosis. It's a caterpillar turning into a butterfly. If life were like a movie, this would be the montage where we try on different hats, both literally and metaphorically, to find the one that says, Ah, this is who I am. This is my identity. For some, it's difficult to find the right hat, maybe until retirement hits or just before retirement. As mentioned, this bonus half of life provides us the freedom to fulfill the dreams we had during the learning stages when hope came at a huge premium. Using the tools from the accumulation phase and not changing them is like trying to fix a spaceship with a screwdriver. In this intentional living space or phase, we need more sophisticated tools than a flip phone or perhaps a Palm Pilot. This is the era of high-tech emotional intelligence, the era of very dialed-in communication skills, 
and a GPS for navigating uncharted waters of self-discovery. What a golden opportunity. So as I draw this episode to a close, perhaps you're wondering about these tools I continue to mention. Well, in the upcoming episodes, I'm preparing two really important lists. The first list is 10 or so of first half of life blind spots. These are the survival tools that are dysfunctional and they thwart happiness and wealth. Now, fair warning, as I've delivered these to thousands of people over 20 plus years, this is going to be kind of uncomfortable because you're going to recognize that many of these things that I talk about are socially acceptable, albeit dysfunctional. And it's possible that you're engaging in some of them, if not many of them. So in a recent How Not to Retire workshop, I had a couple come up and engage me in a conversation about some of these second half of life tools right after the presentation. So I pulled out my Models and Definitions book, which houses all of the second half of life tools that I talk about. And I showed them a set of communication tools in reference to a specific challenge that they asked me about. So after explaining the tools, the wife looked at me and said, oh, he does all of those and I don't do any. And that's why our kids talk to me and not to him. This second list is really nothing but replacement tools for your second half of life. Emotional intelligence and communication skills that you can actually start employing immediately. So after her little snide remark there, a bit snarky, both of them kind of laughed. He recognized, oh, so there's a replacement thing I can do right now. And that was the takeaway of the evening for them, that there are replacement tools that we he, she can engage in as we move forward. Now, when it comes to financial planning, we're often asked what our risk tolerance is. Well, do you take risks or are you risky? Here's an example. Driving to work is a risk. Driving drunk is risky. Getting married is a risk. Getting married and not learning and practicing emotional intelligence and communication skills is risky. Retirement from your career and a steady stream of income is a risk. Doing so without pre-planning is risky. Perhaps not so much for your monetary assets, although that still could be true, but more so for your happiness, joy, and well-being, your wealth. Entering your retirement years with a well-thought-out plan reduces the risk and increases the probability of wealth. Thank you for listening. Until next time, may your habits harmonize with your purpose, leading to a life filled with happiness, joy, and well-being.